0: Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I am Chris Marone. Hey, Chris. It's great to be back. I know during some of the summer vacation schedules, it's kind of hard to keep a regular weekly schedule. I For like sure. doing podcasts on the road, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. No. Because I do want to talk a little bit about what I recently I- experienced. Because I just got back from a, a trip to Cincinnati. And I um, uh, it was a great trip gift so five years ago i was coaching the high school tennis team and they gave me this gift of going to the cincinnati tennis tournament it's called the western and southern open it's one of the top tennis tournaments in the world all the great players were there and we had so much fun i went there with my boys that we've gone back every single year so this is five years running i love that I like these day trips these i mean i like road trips you hop on the road with, with kids and family whatever friends you just hit the road chris that is a time to ponder some of life's bigger issues and so we had time to ponder some of these bigger issues so i want to throw them by you to see what your take is on them, because I, I kind of like your take, right? I'm, I'm the <laughs> conservative voice. You are the, the liberal voice, so the truth is probably oh. somewhere there in the middle. I don't think we are, either one of us are so crazy that we think the radical extremes are the, are the right on these issues. So right, we're right. trying to find the truth, and we're going to talk about some big issues today, right? We're going to talk oh about gosh, the Trump's yeah. indictment. Is this like number 15? I don't know, but we're, we're going to talk. I mean, 43rd, but
1: you know <laughs> Who knows. Who's, who's counting who's who's keeping a running track
0: we, we actually should count up the actual individual claims that are in these various indictments i'm that's sure that true. number is huge uh we're gonna talk about the blind side great movie sandra yeah. bullock was the star and that's been in the news uh michael or has been in the news with his uh you know shattering allegations that he yeah. made and that involves law and involves football so it's right up our alley and of course we're going to talk nfl But first, Chris, I need your opinion on some of these pressing issues. Now, my son asked me, and so I'm going to ask you your stance on this, okay? Okay. Does cereal fit within the soup category of foods, and if not, why?
1: Ooh, it does, actually. I, hmm, wow. Right? Well, why don't we consider cereal a soup? I feel like soup does not contain um, raw materials. I think that.
0: <laughs> You're stretching there. Raw materials? I, I think. Me,
1: like um, vegetables? Because you cook the vegetables. You, you cook the vegetables. Vegetables have various states of raw to cooked, right? Uh, a cooked or steamed carrot tastes different and has different texture than a raw carrot we can agree we i'm gonna can agree.
0: give you a, i'm gonna give you a pass because i threw this at you at the, I know, at the last minute. Now, uh do you not think that captain I, crunch was... is a little bit uh processed
1: oh all of them. Dude, i i get my reese's puffs every morning and my 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 malto meal s'mores cereal which is my absolute favorite uh absolutely processed there is no other no other way about. It. but it's like
0: i maybe not in its raw forms what you're saying
1: I don't know. I, I, look, and here's the problem. I'm not a soup guy. I don't uh, like soup. I like stew, which is a whole other discussion, but I'm not a soup person, but man, I will murder a box of cereal and some milk without apparently hesitation.
0: Apparently you are a soup person, because I, guess, I don't know why we can say cereal is not a soup. It's liquid. You use a spoon. Oh my You gosh. have things floating in it that you eat up.
1: Oh, uh, You drink the liquid afterwards?
0: I do. I, I, I drink my I soup. It's done.
1: I don't. What is the meaning of life?
0: I, I have totally what? shocked you. Now, I floored you. You are speechless. Some people will say, I, and maybe you're thinking, well, Joe, it's cold. Maybe hot and cold no, is a distinction. There's cold
1: soups. There are. There's cold soups.
0: Yes. I took a cruise, and they gave me a, 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 a gazpacho, I think it's called. Yeah, is I it think, cold yeah. watermelon soup? Yep.
1: Yeah. There's cold
0: All right. Chris, I know I floored you, I, but I, I need can't. you
1: to... I'm not even going to have good legal analysis now. All I'm going to keep thinking about is uh, my whole life's a lie.
0: I need, I need you to, to gather yourself. Pick yourself up on the floor. And you're, you're, you're not totally okay. hopeless or okay, uh, us here. Here's, a, here's my second question.
1: Give me a softball. Is a hot
0: dog a sandwich?
1: No. And I will tell you why. <laughs> Your absolute hero, Justice Scalia, wrote an opinion on what a sandwich is. Okay. And Hot Dog did not fit that disclaimer. Wow. I remember. I don't know why I know this. I think I was trying really hard one day to talk about how much Scalia is a waste of time on the bench, and I pointed to that opinion. <laughs> but in an opinion, he discussed the legal requirements for a sandwich. I'll have to find it and send it to you.
0: I need and to know that. we are getting, next, week, next week's podcast, you have to give that answer because my next question is going to be, then, is a taco a sandwich? Because, you know, hot dogs, you have meat in between two breads. Now, the breads are connected in the middle. So, is that why a hot dog is or isn't a sandwich? I don't know. But if you say, grab me a sandwich, and you come back with a hot dog, you're thinking, y- you misheard me. I didn't ask for a hot dog. I asked for a sandwich. <laughs> but then, is a taco? I mean, a taco also has an outer shell. Maybe if it's a flour tortilla, you know, I also maybe? think
1: you got to look what... Culturally, is defined as a sandwich, right? in in In, in different cultures, how a sandwich in American culture, when we think of a sandwich, things that come to mind are like big hoagie sandwiches, right? Like, uh, see, I don't think a Philly cheesesteak is a sandwich. Okay, but you can make that argument, right? I it's understand. a Philly cheesesteak, or like a chopped cheese, right? A chopped cheese, I don't think is a sandwich. It's a chopped cheese, like that's what it is. What a is, hot dog is a ho- cheese? Ooh, chopped cheese is a very East coast thing where it's like the, um, New York and Boston interpretation of what a Philly cheesesteak should be. Like Philly cheesesteak is the gold standard of cheesesteaks, right? It's, it's depending on what you're doing. It's, it's thinly cut slices of, of New York strip or roast beef or something. And then you got peppers and you got onions and you got cheese and you, you flip it on the grill and you throw it into the bun and all that stuff. And people could say that's a sandwich, but no, it's a it's a Philly cheesesteak. A chopped go. cheese is a a derivative of um, of a Philly cheesesteak. It's just known by a different name.
0: Well, these are the kind of issues that get addressed and debated on road trips with your oh, family and friends. So I highly recommend going on road trips because that right. is where you get engaged in meaningful conversation. And by the way, it was a blast to watch a tennis out there. I highly recommend If you've never been to Good. a tennis tournament, You got to go do it it was amazing all the best players were there and so now hey it's time to get back to work and apparently some da's have not taken any time off and trump has been indicted again this time i believe by a fulton county da there in Mm -hmm. georgia it was a 98 page indictment i read the entire thing Uh and uh i'm gonna just give you my initial impression I was not impressed with it. It sounded like someone was really stretching to make this thing go 98 pages. It was long. I remember reading one paragraph where it said, Someone shared a contact from their phone, and that was an overt act in furtherance of a conspiracy. I went, What? Someone shared a contact from their phone, and that's an overt act in furtherance of a conspiracy. And so I, I wasn't impressed with this 98-page indictment, but, Chris, let's get into it so oh, we yeah. can explain what this is about, our thoughts on it, and what we think is um, uh, Trump is, is in store for. How does this indictment fit within the other three uh, indictments? Okay, first of all, this is a RICO charge. Uh, mm-hmm. And so let's explain what a RICO charge is. RICO charges are a way to get the mafia crime boss. And, and, and here's why RICO um, loss came to be. It was hard to get the mafia crime boss, right? No one would, would spill on the mafia crime boss. No one would rat him out. And the mafia crime boss always had plausible deniability, right? They, they're not going to tell him all the details of the things that need to get done. Mm-hmm. But we all know the mafia crime boss runs the, the the show. And so these RiCO laws were passed, racketeering laws were passed were mm-hmm. And here are a couple of critical elements to sustain a RiCO charge. And so you have to prove that there's a criminal enterprise going on so that mm-hmm. this is a criminal enterprise. So right. just because you so if you're engaged in lawful activity, you can't bring a RiCO charge. You have to have a right. criminal enterprise. you are organized for a criminal purpose. so, Chris, that has to be something that is proven here at a trial, that this is a criminal enterprise. Now, if you can establish that, then if you do any act in furtherance of that criminal enterprise, like sharing a contact from your phone, well, now you maybe are are guilty of a RICO charge. Yeah. And so that's, that's what they're doing here. So the reason why they have these, these, these laws is again, you can get some lower tiered people like the, you know, the guys who does the job. And look, you are, if you, um, you don't rat out your boss a higher up, you are going to be guilty of all of the criminal acts of this criminal enterprise, which would be sending this person away for their entire life. The incentive then is to rat out other people. So that's the way yeah. you can get people to turn and flip on other people in the criminal enterprise, and you can get to the, the boss that way. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have Rico charges. Chris, would well, you have any thoughts as to the fact that this was brought
1: as a Rico claim? I mean, creative, 100 points right off the bat. 100 points to Gryffindor. Like, um, the, the DA there in Fulton County coming in hot with a, a, RICO federal RICO claim, which hasn't been done in a hot minute. I think that, um, I'm, I'm weirdly torn, right? I, I think that I think personally that RICO is abused by law enforcement agencies and district attorneys across this great land because they're lazy and they don't want to build a case against somebody. At the same time, I have seen when uh, Rudy Giuliani used the RICO statutes to help clean up a lot of the issues around New York, he was very effective in using the RICO charges to clean up a lot of the issues that they had with organized crime in New York City in the 80s and 90s. So I've seen both sides. I I believe I have looked at kind of both sides of it, and I'm, I'm... I don't know. I'm not there with Rico. I don't know yet.
0: Here's my biggest concern with a Rico type of charge. I think Mm -hmm. there's a huge, huge problem with trying to treat a political party as a criminal enterprise. Now, I know we all say they're criminals. They're crime. Mm -hmm. Lock them up, right? I mean, that was the chant. I get that that's what people say. But to treat them that way? i have a problem with that in fact as now this is not being discussed in any other podcast or any other news organization that i've listened to but we're going to discuss it here Uh i and that is this issue is this a matter that the supreme court could have the final say on and i think they could and here's why this has constitutional ramifications in other words how do you define what a criminal enterprise is? It just can't be because some Fulton County DA wants to say, I think Republicans are crooks and they're acting in ways I think are illegal. So therefore it's a criminal enterprise. So everything they do, we're going to you know, hold them subject to the highest you know, uh, punishments of, of the law. There's going to be issues. There's going to be due process concerns. So for example, have you articulated what actually is a crime? How do you define criminal enterprise? And mm-hmm. if what this involves is protected constitutional activity. It can't be a criminal enterprise. So if what Trump was doing was trying to engage in first amendment speech and and political activity, and uh, then that's going to be protected. That's going to be a matter that I think the Supreme court will, will dig into. So let's get back. I
1: I don't know if the Supreme court gets to weigh in on, and this is going to be an issue, right? if trump's discussions right the let's let's say the the 11,000 voters right that's the key thing that everybody's popping off about right now right if the jury finds that trump saying find me 11,000 votes which i don't know if that's a direct quote i could be paraphrasing it i don't know if that's a direct quote if they find that that is the evidence supports if they find that the evidence supports that trump in saying that advanced a criminal conspiracy to undermine elections, which isn't first amendment protected speech. If the Supreme court turns around and says, no, we think that is first amendment protected speech. I don't, I don't know if that, that flies.
0: I mean, but let's analyze that because that is, that is critical. Find right, me right. 11,000 votes. Now, there are two different ways to look at it. Right. One is that I want you to go out there and make up and fabricate 11,000 right. votes. Fra- fraudulent votes. That's obviously illegal, and, right. and that's no question about that. The other way to look at it is we need to go find 11,000 votes. So were 11,000 votes cast improperly? Were they done illegally? Were they? Were the, the, the Democrats, you know, um, fraudulently come up with 11,000 votes? Those are what we need to find so that I can win the election. Chris, that is what we do as lawyers whenever you contest right. an election result. You say those votes were cast, and you kind of pick the number that's going to turn the election. So the, the Supreme Court could say, look, that's clearly constitutional speech, or it could be. And and that's a – we're going to protect but, First Amendment speech. We're not going to just say let jurors conclude that's not protected speech and then throw someone in jail for engaging in constitutional speech.
1: But here's the – and and this is the rub, right? If the jurors find that the evidence supports that it was make me 11,000 votes, I need you, Georgian Secretary of State – to go in and cast 11,000 votes. I'm ordering you as the president to go do this. That's illegal, right? That that's clearly illegal for you to go fraudulently make 11,000 votes. If the jury comes back and says, no, the evidence supports that that's 11,000 votes that Donald Trump in his, in his capacity as president ordered the Georgian secretary of state to find or to create 11,000 fraudulent votes. And that's a crime. You take that up to the Supreme court. I think you're going to have a couple issues. One, you're going to have three justices that need to recuse themselves right off the bat. If you're a Trump appointee, you can't – I don't think you can be fair and impartial on this.
0: Yeah, no no, no. judge is going to recuse themselves from this.
1: They're not, but – so then you have that problem right off the bat. And as much as the Supreme Court likes to say that they're outside of politics, that's absolute crap. So you're going to have those, those three justices that either don't recuse themselves and they – they affirm the lower court's decision or they overturn the lower court's decision, which I think also has far reaching implementation because look at the criminal level, jury of your peers, they make the decision. Like if there is issues of, if this would bring in jury nullification, right? This would bring up a whole, a whole bog, a whole bag of worms of jury nullifications because for those of you at home don't know what jury nullification is, a judge has a right to say during a trial that there is no way the jury should have been able to have found this 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 um, verdict is so asinine that the jury is obviously having ulterior motives. Um, so it's going to probably bring – I mean there's a whole bucket of worms here that if the jury comes back and says, nope, criminal enterprise, he ordered fraudulent votes. These are all fraudulent. Like let's go. 700 years in prison, which I think is like the max term from all of these – these charges, if it goes up to the Supreme Court, we got lots and lots of issues, which th- Trump will take to the Supreme Court. That's I, I, I
0: think it is possible that this is a matter that can go up to the Supreme Court, and it might yeah. come in play as to what are the jury instructions. Will the jury instructions right. say, it, what did Trump intend? Did Trump have the intent to fraudulently come up with eleven thousand right. votes? Well, that's going to be illegal. But that you can see how that's worded might make a difference to the jury, or mm-hmm. maybe the jury instruction says, um, "Is it possible that Trump meant you know invalidate eleven thousand votes that were improperly cast for the other side?" Isn't that a possible? uh understanding of of what trump said you know how how are you how is that jury instruction going to be read how is it going to be written that gives proper deference to the first amendment protections Mm -hmm. and that avoids some kind of jury nullification by 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 jurors who just simply do not like trump Uh, that that issue i think will be heavily litigated and that is an issue i think the supreme court at the end of the day might have a say on because I do think you have to give protections to the first amendment here. Um, uh, all right, so let's just go back to the, the 98 page indictment. Um, right. the, the, what the, it alleges was that the enterprise consisted, uh, constituted an ongoing organization whose members and associates function as a continuing unit for a common purpose of achieving the objectives of the enterprise. Yeah, a lot of just boilerplate language there. Let's b- break it yep. down. The uh, objective of the enterprise was to invalidate illegally the, right. uh, the, these votes. Now, again, their objective mm-hmm. could be to challenge the election. That I, I can't uh, overstate this enough. I have been a lawyer litigating cases challenging election results. That's what you do. Right. You um,
1: and and I don't think that's the issue. I don't think that. I think the issue is that this DA, this, this federal prosecutor alleges that it wasn't challenging the election, that it was illegally trying to defraud 11,830 people of their constitutional right to vote in a manner that would reelect president Trump.
0: Okay, so Which, here is where the genius of this DA comes in. So one element is I, I think this is, is a, a weak claim on its merits. I think the RICO charge should not be used in this context, but it is. So let's just yeah. analyze why this is dangerous for Trump. So I think this is extremely dangerous for Trump. Uh, and that is, again, they have, there's 18 other defendants here that have been charged. Yeah. And so we have 19. Any coaches, one of them right? gets to flip. Any one of them gets Any to flip. Any one it. of them. They're saying, look, you are facing life in jail. Here, we're looking at you, mm-hmm. Jen Ellis. We're looking at you, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Giuliani's uh, not going to flip. You are going to spend the rest of your life in jail. Or you can mm-hmm. just flip here and then just say, yeah, we were in this meeting and Trump said, fabricate these, 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 yeah. um, uh, these votes. You know, going, In other words, there going to be incentive for these people to lie to get out of jail time. That's why I don't like these RICO charges. It does put an incentive <laughs> on witnesses to lie to save their backside uh, and then throw the rest under, uh, in the fire. And so if they get any of these other people to flip and they say, oh, yeah, Trump did tell us to fabricate votes, now you're going to get that to the jury. And if you put that issue before jurors that do not like Trump, I think Trump is in danger here.
1: I don't think he's in danger. It's Georgia, one. Um, you know, Georgia barely squeaked Biden. So we're not going to get 12 locked in, Rico, happy. Jer- I, there, I, I legitimately, I don't think that Trump is going to have, is gonna face a jury that is going to be 100% unfavorable to him. If this Unless, is done
0: in Fulton County, they can get twelve jurors who hate Trump.
1: But th- that's the first thing you do is you do change a venue, right? The, that's the first thing you do, and it's diversity of jurisdiction, right? Jer- Trump's a Florida resident. This is a federal case in in Fulton County. You get to have diversity of jurisdiction. Like, let's let's kick this up to the federal level. Let's change the venue. Let's. I mean, there's a lot of political maneuvering that you could t- that that isn't even like smart political maneuvering. It's like Chris Marone level, political maneuvering where you could just be like, here's two motions that I can file back to back. Like they did with the recusal of the judge in the DC case. Right. It's just, well, they, there's tools. Use your tools, They will man. file
0: a motion to, to uh, recuse the judge. And they're going to file yeah. a motion to, um, for change of venue. Right. And I'm sorry, they're going to file a motion for change of venue. And they're going to file a motion to, to go to, to remove this to federal court. If those yep. get denied, that's That's a, be, I think this is gonna be bad news for Trump because it's in Fulton County and well, there you could are do gonna a full be
1: pause You could do a full pause and appeal it. so here's here's the political strategy, right if if I'm a political advisor, let's let's do this. Let's do the removal of the federal court and let's do the change of venue. Both are denied. We're going to stop trial here. We're going to appeal this up and it's going to go all the way up to the Supreme Court on an appeal like that. Nobody, None of the lower courts want to handle that. So the Supreme Court is going to have to rule on whether or not it was permissible for this, these two motions to be denied and what's the reasons for denial. And it's going to be hard to justify denying a removal for federal court because what what would be the denial? That he can't but get this, the same trial?
0: Well, I mean they're gonna say this is not really a federal issue, it's it's under state law and uh what is the federal issue that, that's involved here? Um I do think that it should be removed to federal court and and that federal judge will make that determination and so that's gonna be the issue. Right of what federal judge lands with this in, in their lap. Um, right. And if they're if that federal judge is concerned about the fairness of the trial that Trump will get in Fulton County, I think they right. might just take the case kind of for that reason and then come up with other reasons to, su- to support why they, they should take that case up. Right. It needs to be removed out of Fulton County, in my opinion, for Trump to get a fair uh, trial. But that being said, that's why this is risky for him at this moment. If it stays in Fulton County, I think they can find 12 jurors that all hate Trump. Now let's pause there, Chris. That's interesting. Cause we know that in the race context, if um, you had a juror jury that was all the opposite race that you are, that's going to raise doubt. And, and you can appeal that issue. Now, Will that be applied in this context where politics is so polarizing that people are so against you based upon your politics that that might deny someone a fair trial? So let's just say Fulton County and you were to get 12 out of 12 jurors, all were Democrats, all voted against Trump. Okay, might that be a basis that the Supreme Court says we didn't really get a fair trial here? I stumped you again. I stumped no, you on the serial no, question and I stumped you true. on this question.
1: My my problem is here is that I don't think the Supreme Court is legitimate when it comes to Trump. I don't think that the Supreme Court as a court is gonna come back but anything but favorable towards Trump. I think that I think if you took a Supreme Court of old, right, if you took pre-Trump appointees, you could go back to when Rehnquist was the Chief Justice. I would say that they would have a more even keel and level headed opinion. I think this Supreme court is going to buy into the politics of everything. And I don't think you can get an even keel or trustworthy decision out of this current Supreme court. I, which, I will
0: disagree with that. I do think which that is this report is not friendly to Trump. I think this the last term they played their hand, they do not like him at all. I think what they are right. fearful of is this being used in the future. We are very fearful of Pandora's box now being open, the glass being shattered, and now every single politician is going to be prosecuted by the opposing side. And they want to put a stop to that because that's not good for our country to just to be so polarized where you, you make a decision and you, it's a political decision Decision, and now you face criminal trial and being locked up for the rest of your life by your opponent. They you, don't like that. So they, here's I my, think here's are, my
1: issue with that, Joel, is that that was not a problem when the Benghazi hearings were coming around. Nobody was worried about opening the but door. It didn't happen. It, it did happen. There were
0: no, they didn't prosecute Hillary Clinton for that or they, Obama or anyone else. They, they
1: tried. and, and no, there were no indictments. Because there was no evidence that she did anything, that's the problem. There's like that, there's well, no. I mean, I some people there's say mountains, there's mountains. There's mountains of evidence saying that Trump did illegal things. I don't there's know. Mountains, uh, there's mountains of there's evidence there's that, 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 that the Trump, Trump children did all these things, but but we're not going after no. the Trump children, even though they did a ton of illegal things that were very provable during their time. Were but the no, the, I think the thing the thing, the, the, that attack, that... the the attacks on Trump are because. He is a criminal and he did criminal things. But and you, just you're because jumping right he held the office, I, I, I am jumping to an evidence-based supported conclusion that Trump did these things and that, that is why that he, he's being charged with a crime.
0: I will agree. He lies and he is very uh-huh. bad with his mouth. I think he lies all the time. He's braggadocious. I do not right. think he does criminal things. Uh, in fact, I, think I don't think Hunter Biden problem. does criminal
1: things. Hunter Biden – I don't think Hunter Biden did a single criminal thing. Yeah, so th- – But, but, you, can't that's a you, but right. you can't say that with a straight face. But you can't say that with a straight – The same way that you can't say that Hunter Biden did absolutely nothing criminal, you have to have that same energy when you're coming at Donald Trump.
0: Because I don't think so. I, I think Donald Trump is a liar. I think he lies all the time. I think regarding the election mm-hmm. irregularities that took place, he he lied. that did not happen. Uh, even what – remember – there was supposed to be a news conference this, I think Monday of this next week, where Trump was going to come out and detail the very specific oh, allegations of, of voter fraud that took place, and his lawyers yeah. shut him
1: down. Chris, hey, no, they've been saying that for no three years. Yeah, what's that? they've been saying that for three years. That next Monday we're going to come. It's like, what is it? I'll gladly pay you tomorrow for a hamburger today. Yes, like he that's yeah
0: trump does not know how to tell the truth i give you that i'll grant you that in fact i think in last week's podcast we uncovered all the different ways in which he blatantly lied about the election irregularities Mm -hmm. but is that a crime now i i don't like it the supreme court does not like it we don't want it to continue but man that's a dangerous road to go down Mm -hmm. for example uh, the representative from California, whose name escapes me right now. You might Adam remember Schiff. by the time I get done with the story. What was Adam, it? Schiff. Adam,
1: Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff.
0: Why is he not being prosecuted as a criminal enterprise for lying blatantly and then allowing this investigation to go on against Trump? That could be a criminal enterprise because you, uh, you should not engage in a criminal investigation that you know is fraudulent. He said he saw the evidence. Why is that not a crime? Again, we do, I, I do not like it. I don't want to defend liars. And I want Trump somehow in this process to be held accountable for the lying. I just don't know if you throw them in jail for the rest of their lives.
1: Why not? I, I why think not? It's bad for. Our, here's why not. It's In- not In- bad you for you our country. This. Sucks right now, Joel. Like I'm sorry. Like America sucks right now. We are so divided. We are so anti everything. We you. If you don't agree with me, I have to hate you. Why not take the people that created this divisive government, created this divisive problem, and kick them out? So the people that went after Trump
0: on the false dossier that, that then started the, the Russia collusion thing that Robert Mueller said there was no evidence of uh, that Trump did not engage there was no in evidence collusion to, with Russia.
1: To indict so, him while he was president. So they should all be thrown in jail? Yes. All right. well. I mean, I, I, I feel like we're, we're, we're splitting hairs here on who shouldn't and who should go to jail just because they are different political parties. All of them. Let's shut all of them, right? You know what, there's, I, no, I, there's no reason why, if you go out of your way to be divisive, if you go out of your way to undermine elections, whether it's true or not, if you go out of your way to fundamentally try to alter the way that we do elections in this country because you don't like the result, you should go to jail. You are undermining democracy. How We're about Stacey it,
0: Abrams? Uh, go to jail. Of Georgia, who said that she go to was the jail. Full
1: governor. Go to jail. Go to jail. Go to jail. There is a part of me that actually agrees with you. Coup d'état. They're doing a coup d'état. There's a part
0: of me that actually agrees with you. That I don't like the lying. I want the lying to stop. I just fear that that is Pandora's box. And once you allow people to be prosecuted and go to jail for lying, Mm -hmm. that's dangerous. And because, and you know this as a criminal defense attorney from your days defending people in that regard, that Mm -hmm. prosecutors can leverage the system against you to cause you to give yeah. false testimony. So you can get anyone to say that person's lying. The, the prosecutors know how to do that. That is a real thing It's called the perjury trap. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you can always go after your political enemy for lying. but I mm-hmm. do agree with you in this context, it seems like Trump his lies right. went to another level. I don't think it's criminal under the laws. Whether it should be criminal, that is a good question because I don't like the fact of, of how he lied, how he just did not simply allow for the orderly transition of power. That's that's probably one of the few cherished things of America that all sides should agree on. We want an orderly transition of power. That's we'd like that. George Washington started it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a representative it's portrayed in them. Hamilton Broadway show that we liked that and King George didn't understand it. and, and so that is that what is that danger here? Trump definitely toyed with that. but then I will say at the end of the day, he then left the Oval Office because he his, his political moves failed. and so they said, well okay, I'm out of I'm out of uh, uh, weapons here. I'm out of uh, plays. It's time to move out of uh, the Oval Office.
1: The All problem right. with it is that there's no consequence. There's literally no consequence. Trump lied and he lied and he lied and he lied and he had a riot at the Capitol and people died and he lied. And now candidates all over the country are okay with challenging. Like here in Arizona, Carrie Lake still hasn't conceded the fact that she lost the governor's race though. She filed paperwork to run for the U S Senate and you can't be both. Um, (laughs) What, I know, the and the fact that Stacey this, Abrams started all this, the fact that what, Stacey Abrams started con- all this
0: is problematic.
1: Stacey, Stacey Abrams did not start all of this. That is a red herring, Joel. She did. You know that. No, she no, said she was Stacey the true Abrams. governor
0: for years.
1: Yeah, and she conceded the race, and then she called herself the true governor, which was a political slogan. That is muddying the waters. You know that, Joel. You know you know that. What Trump did is unlike anything any other – challenge to election or claim to be the one true governor has ever done and literally people died because of his baseless and falseless false claims people were beaten people have been threatened the the Trump supporters in Fulton County released the addresses of the grand jury look well, we don't know like that. the grand jury or don't like the grand jury they will indict a ham sandwich that is tale as old as time. That is right. biblically true, well,
0: right? Let's talk about that because that when I did read that article and so there was a report out that um, uh, this, this far right site released the addresses mm-hmm. and names of certain grand jury members or maybe all the grand jury members. But I then here's the deal. In, in Georgia, unlike in other states, you do the the names of the grand jury members they they are public. And the problem right. is you don't know their address, and so they actually looked up some of these people's addresses, and it wasn't the people that were actually in the grand jury. So maybe they were just John Smith. There were five different John Smiths that lived in Fulton County, and so
1: so it, we're not going to give these people consequences because they're inept at their abilities. That's the that's the other problem, too. If I go out and I intend to release or what's called dox the information of an individual and put it out on the Internet, just because I'm stupid and I don't have the right information, does not mean that I am free of consequences. And right now, all of this, all of this, saying that Trump shouldn't do this or he's an idiot or he runs his mouth or blah, 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 we're excusing him from consequences. And that's the bigger issue as well. What – Consequence does Trump have for the utter destruction and undermining of our electoral system?
0: Here is what the consequence should be he loses the election. Republicans, you need to stand up and not vote for him to be your candidate in the next presidential election. Come on, wake up!
1: He's still polling at 35% positive.
0: Because here's one thing that's undeniable, in from my opinion, and I am a conservative and I am a right, Republican. Right, right, right. Here's one right, thing that's undeniable: he lied out his wazoo. I mean, he just did. I would not want that person. I would not employ that person. I would. My kids would be, you know, grounded for those kind of lies. It's undeniable. Right. He told that level of lies, and you're right. Th- these lies did lead to things that ended up in deaths of certain people, and he right. probably knew what he was doing. 100%, so. Yes. I, I don't want to defend him at all because he did lie. That being said, I do worry about the political consequences. Chris, let's do this. <clears throat> let's rank the four different indictments as to which one is the most dangerous to Trump. Uh, you have this okay. Georgia indictment of the RICO charges. You have the, mm-hmm. um, the his, he led the conspiracy for um, um, uh, the, the January 6th you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, issue. And then you also have the classified documents one. And then you have the Manhattan DA's indictment over the stormy Daniels. Um, right. um which one do you think is the most dangerous and which one do you think is the most laughable? <laughs>
1: um, I would say that the, uh, oh gosh, you're just giving me like stumped questions today. Like That's every, one, like y- you are. I think the the most laughable, I would say, is the New York case. I agree. With I would you. say that. I, 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 I would say that's the weakest and most. Um, yeah, I would say that the 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 hush money case is the absolute weakest of and all. And my of
0: reason them. why it's the absolute weakest is it's not even a crime that's been alleged. I think the DA should be disbarred for even bringing those claims. But I agree with you that is the weakest. You probably weak, disagree would, as to the reasons, but I agree with right. you that is the the weakest.
1: Well, I mean, I have to put one at the bottom. So, you know, um, I would say the documents case, the federal case out of Florida, is probably the next one that's – I would say that's number three. Okay.
0: Um, And I I will agree with you it's not number one. The reason why I think that is two or three is because it is a federal charge, and I think the consequences should be a slap on the wrist because there is no real – Victim here, and most importantly, is in front of a of a Trump appointed judge. And if they do things normally, I I do believe that this will probably be decided maybe after the election. And in which case, Trump, if he wins, can pardon himself. And I think it's just going to go away.
1: Does it bother anyone else? Am I the only one that's like, it's legitimate? That a man who's being indicted right now, whether the indictment's true or whatever, and then found guilty or pleads guilty, can still be president and pardon himself. <laughs>
0: If the prosecution is a political prosecution, I have no problem with that. I do have a problem if he actually is guilty. and The American people are just stupid and uh, voted him in anyways. But what First do you off, think? The American is the... people
1: are stupid if they vote him in anyways. I don't. I, I don't think those two are in like a vacuum. They can be both be true at the same time. If you vote Donald Trump back into president, we deserve to be. Like democracy deserves no, to crumble and die.
0: We do not. We we do not deserve that. Yep. I just truly hope that does not happen. But uh, that being said, what do you what think you is the most? For. What do you think is the most dangerous charge? And Endi- uh, most the, dangerous the, indictment?
1: Yeah the the um the federal 2020 election claim out of the D.C. area. Okay. I think that um, one's, I I think that one's going to have more teeth. It's more focused. It has. Um. I think Jack Smith is a much better prosecutor than. Um, political pundits would have you believe. Um, I think that one's going to be the one that, that really seals the deal.
0: There you go. I think it is close between that one and the Georgia Georgia one. one. I'm going to go with the Georgia just simply because at the end of the day, he has no power to pardon himself. This is a state claim. This is a state Mm -hmm. charge. And even the governor of Georgia can't pardon him. Apparently, it goes before a panel of people that didn't vote as to whether or not he he should be pardoned. And so if he is convicted, he will serve the time. And so I think that is this.
1: Here's my stumper for you. It happens, right? All these cases go to trial. Trump does a plea deal, right, to make all of the cases go away. Very Hunter Biden of him, right? Does a plea deal, um, right? And then DeSantis wins the presidency and pardons Trump. Political ramifications of that. How, like, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, right? We're not... Right, he'll get on TV and and say that this was a political affair and blah 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 and pardon Trump.
0: Yeah, like, if, if if there if there's that. a plea deal and I, I think the plea deal will just be accepted. Uh, obviously, you're not right. gonna have a plea deal because the the right. state Trump claim in Georgia won't yeah. join up with the federal claims. But right. I, I do think, as far as any kind of pardon by the next president who is not Trump, might there be a political consequence for that? I, I think so. Um, I would hope so. On,
1: I would hope. It all depends
0: what the independent thinks as to the reasons behind these right. prosecutions. I don't. I don't think Pence is going to to pardon him. That's for no. sure. It doesn't seem like he's that friendly of this. So right. uh, again, we're we're going to watch these uh, trials as they go Very on.
1: Closely.
0: I yeah. I am coming to the opinion, and again, this is this has been a long journey for me, that it's going to come. Uh, it's going to become obvious to the Republican voters that at the root of this oh, was Trump lying. So. And this is not behavior you want from your commander-in-chief. He just blatantly will lie for his own end. And these aren't even really good lies. These are just blatant bad lies. And he said, we don't want this in our candidate. And I do believe if Trump is not going to participate in the Republican debates, and I pray to God he does not, but I think he will, Chris. He totally I, will. Yeah, but he's saying he's Pretty not jail. going to. And I hope he does it. And here's why: one of the issues needs to be this: are you, which one of you? What's going to be your agreement as to who's going to drop out so that it's just Trump versus one of you all? What is your, yeah. that needs to be an nope. issue for all of them?
1: Right. That it won't. Well, yeah, yeah. Who comes out of Iowa? I think is. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, whoever comes out in the lead, you could have a you could have a Republican primary over four or five states, and then dwindle it down to one. Like let those four or five states kind of determine. But once if you even get close to Super Tuesday, Trump's won the day.
0: No, you, you, they've got to pull yeah. out, and it's just one candidate. Maybe allow the right. first three, something like that. I know Iowa, New Hampshire, kind of outliers a little bit, but maybe Which so I you hate. added in South Carolina, but. after those whoever is in the lead there needs to be an agreement everyone else needs to back out because i do believe a hundred percent of all those opposing trump agree trump should not be the nominee because he will lose in the general election so from a republican standpoint that has to be their understanding and that's why trump i think at the end of the day will participate in the debates because he wants to dominate that question and wants to avoid that from being discussed
1: who do you think is the antithesis to Trump in the Republican primaries right now?
0: What do you mean? Uh, his biggest like, um,
1: rival? Right. Who could? Who could? If the Republicans rallied behind someone and said, "We're done with Trump," like if the the what I like to call the rational minded Republicans, the R right, the ones that Reagan Republicans, right, small government, like you know, strong military presence for, you know, wanting to be part of a free market economy, trade, stuff like that. The the, the kind of log cabin, I guess, now is what the Republican, they call them now. Um, who do you think that, because MAGA and the MAGA Republicans are definitely an extreme end of the Republican Party. I think that they're on their own, but they they suck in a lot of these other, you know, rational minded Republicans. Who do you think in the race or rumored to be in the race right now is that kind of Stalwart Bush, Reagan type Republican that rational minders can rally around.
0: I I am going to go with 2 here. Um and I and, think Tim Scott is I think okay. um uh, who I, I want to that. be. And I because I, I've heard him speak, and he's a very good speaker. He will energize and galvanize the, the crowd mm-hmm. and he will rally support. Uh, has he been exposed as a leading candidate where he's it's already all the baggage is already out there. We know all that. Uh, and he can weather the storm that I do not know. Uh, yeah. And so I, I, I almost think it's going to be Ron DeSantis at the end of the day. I know he started out high and he's dipped down, but. It's so early, this dip is not going to be fatal. I think he's going to figure things out because he is a very smart politician and then come back to the top. Um, I have to think it's one of those two. And you can throw in Nikki Haley as a far outsider. I'm not sure any of the other ones really have too much of a shot at it. And that's why I think between Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, and DeSantis, they need to agree, whoever is in the lead, even if it's a half a percentage point, by the end of the third primary everyone else has to drop out you have to have Trump versus one of them
1: right that's going to be tough I here's I agree with you on the Tim Scott thing I agree with you Tim Scott I I'm not there with DeSantis because he's off doing his own banana Republic government in Florida right now removing state prosecutors and fighting Disney and all that and slavery was good for black people like mm, not not a big not a big DeSantis fan but I think you're right I think you're right on with Tim Scott.
0: Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if they all kinda can, can, can agree as to yeah. to that if they f- do, uh, process.
1: if they do, that is a direct path to the White House. Right? Yes. If the Republicans rallied around any three of those any one of those three, right? Any one of those three. That beats Biden hands down every single time.
0: And here's why it's so important. If it's Trump versus Biden, the Biden only issue, the only issue that's gonna be debated. Is going to be was the election in 2020 valid and were, was, did Trump act appropriately in responding to it? If that's the election issue, Republicans lose. It, it needs to be what has Biden done? Why is our relationship with China so bad? It's going to cause a shortage of supply of products and our inflation is just going to keep spiraling out of control. Uh, what well, you know? Those are the important issues that the people want addressed, not. Was the 2020 election decided properly or not? That, that's, that's old news. I do think at a certain level we should discuss the, the things that took place in 2020. But if, if Trump is running, that becomes the only issue, and Republicans will lose that election.
1: And they'll lose the House. And they'll lose the Senate. And there would be some major reforms going on. So I I hope Trump wins. I hope he does. Because... <laughs> Right? I think Biden's doing a great job, in my personal opinion, and that's not the opinion of Comedian in Law podcast. Um, but you, yeah, it, it's, it is an easier road to a Democrat ran government if Trump wins. And as someone who wants that, I don't want Trump in there. Because even the idea of him having these discussions and given a national platform and reinforced again as the person that the Republicans want. You're not endearing anybody. That's just yeah. going to cause more division, much more division. Man, and I, he's going to more say more outlandish things and be more crazy and think that his points have been more validated because he's running for vice for president again.
0: Yes. Now, I, I do agree with the sentiment that Trump was not treated fairly during his presidency. I do understand that, and I do think these prosecutions are political. Uh, I, I do believe that. And so I get the idea – that Republicans have of saying we want Trump to win to just shove it in your face. I get that sentiment, but no, this is not the candidate to rally behind. He did blatantly lie. Don't gloss over it. Don't forget that. The things that look at Pence, who doesn't love Pence? Pence is an honorable man. Pence is saying, no, you cannot support Trump. He blatantly lied. Uh, his What he wanted to do was not good for America. And so he is not the candidate you want to rally around. And besides right. the fact, you're not going to get your in-your-face moment because Trump will not win the general election. Again, he did lie. And so that's going to come right out. And everyone's going to know about it. That's going to be debated. The Independent will not support that person. Uh, no. All right, that being said. Now Sorry, time we're to move just on.
1: running this. <laughs> yeah let's go on that. to our
0: next story here this is let's a go to football this is story. fun
1: let's go to talk let's go to things we can agree on let's go to, let's go to the fun things
0: yeah which is, which
1: is interesting because you're on the liberal
0: side I'm on the conservative side and yet we both agree Trump lied and should not be the president so don't gloss over that fact you independent right. voters or Trump supporters out there uh, yeah uh, he, he did uh, moving on Michael Oer and the blind side oh, this is a huge story that came Speaking out of uh, lying. Exactly. This is, well, I don't know about that. Well, have one yeah. side's lying here. <laughs> but uh, let's review the butchering. story. The Tuoi family, I might be butchering that. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, took Michael. What's that? It's Tui. It's like Chewy with a T. It's Tui. There you go. The Tui family took Michael Orr. Now, Michael, who's Michael Orr? Well, he is a was a stud, uh, um, offensive tackle, played for Old Miss, uh-huh. was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens, played, I believe, seven to nine years in the NFL. Great player. Well, when he was in high school... His family situation was in a disarray, and so the Tui family took him into their house, and Mm -hmm. it was a feel-good story. They treated him like a son, like a member of the family, and so then he went on to great success in, in college and in the NFL. It was such a good story that someone wrote a book about that and then it became a movie sandra bullock played the part of the mom won a, an oscar for her performance she everyone did. loved that movie it made 300 million dollars a great feel-good story until this last week sorta. Of. and what happened was Michael Orr then filed a complaint seeking damages against the family saying they lied, they never adopted me as a son instead they filed a conservatorship over me so they can control my financial affairs, I have been damaged and so he's suing them for millions and millions of dollars, apparently he wants a, a piece of the the revenue from this $300 million movie we can talk a little bit about his, his motivation motivations there so Chris I don't know when I first heard this story my heart sunk because I liked the feel-good story I I like Sandra Bullock she's one of my favorite actors actresses and I I, I hated that this was all now turning sour so I don't I don't even like this story
1: (laughs) well I mean it Hollywood will glam up anything, right? I think people like enjoyed Oppenheimer because it was such a heartwarming story. And you're like, it's Oppenheimer, like not, not a heartwarming story. So Hollywood will, will, will track up anything to make good, good feel good. And it is look the, the blind side movie, great feel good movie, right? Kid down on his luck, magnanimous, wonderful people, Trying to, to bring him up, uh, give him a home, you know, give him some purpose in life, to, you know, just showing that you know, love can win out. And with the right amount of love, anything is possible. And your kids don't have to be biological to be your kids. It is a wonderful, uplifting story. Um, and they actually, they address a lot of the problems that we're seeing now in the movie, if I remember correctly, where they talked about, well, oh, you're just adopting him because you want him to go to Old Miss, or is this a booster sort of situation where, you know, because both the main characters, the Tui family, and in, in real life, they both went to Old Miss, they were boosters for Old Miss. Michael Orr went to Old Miss after being exposed to this family. So there was that, that issue of, well, if you're just going to go randomly adopt Stud black kids from the street to send them to your college. Maybe there should be rules against that because now other rich booster families that can't give money directly to players are going to go.
0: Can we, can we pause right there? That. Because I do think we, we gloss over that. And I do think that is probably right. where the truth lies. So I want to park here mm-hmm. for a little bit, but Let's do it. I think what the Tui family did should be replicated. I mean, If they did take someone who is disadvantaged on the street and is a hard look, there's a lot of stories out there, people never getting their act together, even though they're incredible talent, they just get caught up in the wrong side. So the fact that they took someone in to help them along their way, and let's say they had an improper mode. I say improper very loosely, but whatever. Right. Of wanting to steer this person to old Miss, which again, Right. I don't even think it's improper in the grand scheme of things. I think that's if that's the consequence, the more people take people in off the streets to help them out, and get them to college, so be it. How is that bad that that is the end result? But nonetheless, um, they they took them in, they paid his expenses, they treated him like a family, and then he ended up going to Old Miss. And I, I do think that's kind of what why this all took place. They were fearful that if he did go to Old Miss, the NCAA would come down hard against right. this situation. Maybe even prohibit him from playing for Ole Miss, uh, maybe right. suspending him for a couple of years. I don't know. So they came up with this strategy. Look, why don't we adopt you or, or, or do something legally so that mm-hmm. way the NCAA cannot come after you or us? That's really what's driving this train. And so mm-hmm. they formed a conservatorship. Could they have done an adoption? Probably yes, they not. Could done an no, probably. I, they could have done an adoption. It would not have been done in time. It probably would have right. taken a lot longer. There would have been some objections by parents here parents, and there.
1: Right. Right. Family members. Yeah.
0: A conservatorship is a much quicker way. So you, quicker I, way. granted, you should have done the conservatorship at the beginning, but nothing then would have stopped them from adopting him after the conservatorship was done. Right. They could have done that in year or,
1: three or four or five. Right. Right. They could have done it at any time.
0: Right. This whole idea that it had to be, he had to be a minor to be adopted, I don't see that in the law. And I've read many expert no. opinions from people in family law. That's not really a thing. You can adopt people as an adult child, especially at the age of 18, that would not have been a problem. But so I think that's what was going on here. They wanted to do something legally so that he could play at old Miss without any kind of sanction or penalty. And again, I don't think that's bad. If that's the, the outcome that... The booster gives someone an advantage so that he can go to college. That should be rewarded. That should be praised, not uh, demonized. Now, again, we look at it from the feel-good story of adopting this person as a son because that's how the movie portrayed. Uh-huh. Maybe Hollywood is guilty of playing up that angle because it's, it's going to sell tickets. That is possible. Right. Hollywood has done worse things, than it's, you know, in changing up a storyline. But I, I do think that's that's what happened. They they wanted to do something legally to avoid an NCAA sanction for being an, for improper booster activity.
1: Right. Well, to the Hollywood side of things, um, one of my favorite football movies of all time, remember the Titans, is absolutely false. Like that whole narrative is fake. It was just created. Really? Yeah. Uh, if you go back and read um, Herman Boone's um, memoirs after all this had passed and before the Remember the Titans movie came out, he wrote about how him and the coach that was played by Will Patton never got along. He, Will Patton, he, Herman Boone revered Will Patton's character, and I can't remember what his name was, um, was racist until the day he died. Never, like, they never came, they never came to, they did win a lot of championships. They did come together as a football team, and they did dominate as a football team. But all the social issues that were solved in Remember the Titans, none of that was true. But Interesting. it's a great, it's a great story. And I love Remember the Titans. It's very inspirational, and I love that movie. So it's not, you know, Hollywood, right? We're, we're up playing to make you feel the pull on those those heartstrings. I'm going to, I'm going to fast you another one. Did you know that Titanic is in a true story? The boat did sink, but the rest of it not true. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, wait, a second. Did it actually make it to uh, its destination? It did. It, 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 well, no. But the whole Jack and Rose thing never happened. Oh my it's goodness! Crazy that Hollywood would fabricate such a story around such a tragedy. So but, that
0: being said, and that's not necessarily I a think, bad thing, because Hollywood no. wants to sell tickets.
1: Right. We're, we're we're supposed to suspend our disbelief. I think here there's a there, there's a real concern that boosters. And I, I think the concern is a little less now that we have NIL stuff. But boosters would go out and pretend to love these kids so they would go to those schools. I'm not saying that the Tui family did not do that. I, I, I think deep down the Tui family really believed that Michael was a part of their family and they were doing the best for him, that they weren't trying to just recruit offensive linemen for Ole Miss – Um, if they were, they could have picked an easier case to, to exploit than, than Michael or, um, but I think there's that fear that unchecked adoption, quote unquote, unchecked conservatorship, unchecked, whatever could lead to exploitation of a lot of these, um, young men that have no real experience with money or college or how to navigate anything. And there's a lot of area for abuse. Right, so I'm not saying unpack. that happened here. I'm not saying that happened here, though.
0: Let's unpack the actual legal issues. Now, I'm going to let's save the best, most damning legal issue until the last, because it kind of, it's going to overshadow all of our other right. conversations. But let's let's analyze some legal issues here that, that are in this complaint. So mm-hmm. at its root, Michael Orr is saying, look, you, you formed this conservatorship over me so you could control mm-hmm. my money, my financial situation, but, and because very, of that, I have Spears. been harmed and damaged. So is that true? Well— Here's the thing about that. So, yeah, if you are a conservator over someone else, you do owe a fiduciary mm-hmm. duty to act in this other person's best interest. So that part would be true. If this family, the Tui family, you know, negotiated some movie rights deal or some story rights deal and received mm-hmm. money, and Michael Orr didn't, but they they so they benefited financially from this conservatorship to the detriment of Michael Orr. That could be a problem. So we don't know yeah. all the facts. This has not gone to trial. But the, both sides have come out now and said things. And plus, the, the writer uh, has said things. The movie producers have said things. So we kind of know what's out there in public discourse. And what everyone is saying is that, look, the Tui family all got about $100,000 apiece at the end of the day for this story and all of them right. got the same amount of money so the dad got the same amount of money as michael Orr. now it has also been alleged that michael Orr never cashed any of those checks and so what the family mm-hmm. did was they put michael orr's money into a trust for michael orr's kids uh if they ever wanted to access that money right i find that interesting that michael orr did not cash those checks All along, why would he choose not to cash those checks? I don't understand that. But, um, so there is a fiduciary duty, if if the conservatorship wasn't put in place, that um, they act in the best interest. And it seems like here... That's what they did. This is not a situation where they got two and a half percent of $300 million and did not share it with Michael or they all got right. a lump sum of money and they all split it equally. And that seems to be the opinion of everyone from the, the author of the book to the producers of the movie, uh, to the, Orr, uh, the or the Tui family themselves.
1: Right. Just not Michael. Michael has a different opinion,
0: he has a different opinion, and to be fair to Michael. Right. We don't know that because this right we have not had discovery yet, and so we don't really know what the the true story is. But since all three sides are coming out with pretty much very specific details as to the financial arrangements, it is a head scratcher. So right. that being said, um that that here's the other problem with with michael's uh, allegations, and that is you there is such a thing as privacy rights. You have the privacy rights to tell your story. So if someone else tells my story, let's say I'm not a public figure and they're telling my story and they're making a Hollywood movie out of it. And of course it's going to make millions of dollars. We all know that I could sue that person for telling my story because my story is not in the public record and that would be invading my right to privacy. So Mm -hmm. that is a claim. It's a valid claim. Here's the problem with it everyone has that right i have a right chris to tell my story and if you're a part of that story because you're a part of this podcast i yep. can say in my story that chris Morone was an idiot and came on my podcast i can say that and i don't have to pay you money for telling that part of your story because it's a part of my story and that's where i think the breakdown of some of this discussion is is that yeah michael orr has a story but so do the parents, and, and the parents They're can the tell place. their side of the story and not having – even though that's not actually what happened, everyone received equally in the compensation.
1: Mm-hmm. And look, if Tim McGraw plays me in a movie, I'm just going to call that a win and walk away. <laughs> just saying. That's <laughs> where I'm at yeah. in my life.
0: I, I, I'm going with Tom Cruise uh, for, for, for my um, uh, person. But All right, so I... that's one other part of the claim. Uh, lastly here, let's talk about the biggest part of this claim, which is – The statute of limitations. I don't know why this is not addressed more in the media. This is why we're not going to get to any of these answers. So by Michael Orr's own admissions, this all took place in the early 2000s. He wrote a book in 2011 where he was said, Michael Orr said in his book, that a conservatorship was set up because they could not do the adoption. So he knew he was not adopted. He knew a conservatorship was set up to say now that he was duped, by the way, when this all took place, he was not a minor. He was already over 18. So you can't even say, well, he was a minor when this took place. He was an adult when all this took place. And then he admitted in 2011, he knew as a conservatorship, I don't see how this survives the statute of limitations. Any thoughts on that?
1: I don't think it does either, but I'm interested in seeing how this is all going to play out. What and, and maybe we haven't seen all the evidence, right? Maybe we haven't seen what's going on or what's been funneled or all that stuff. I'm really interested to see how it plays out. But because it was attached to something so sensational as this movie and the – the st- we, most lay people would not even know the name of Michael Orr if it wasn't for that blindside movie. And fair. Like we're football people – but you probably couldn't name me the other six members of the offensive line for the two thousand and nine <laughs> Baltimore Ravens. And that's not that's not a slide on any of those gentlemen. Right. Wow, we just don't know. That is a great, point. Um, is a great so point. His the popularity of his book, the popularity of this case all stems around the fact that this movie was made about him. And so let's see what the evidence puts out there, but it's not looking great for you, buddy.
0: That is that is probably the best take I have heard from any of the podcasts or any of the articles I've written, which is, if not for this story, no one would care. I mean, right. th- this made him – I mean, obviously he's an NFL player, but as you pointed out, right. name me one other offensive lineman on any team other than your favorite team. And even my favorite team, I probably couldn't name yeah. you too many of my yeah. N- offensive linemen.
1: Name an offensive lineman playing currently for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> right. I can't do that
0: right now. Off the right. top I can tell of my you- head.
1: Like, I know that Travis Kelsey as a tight end sometimes lines up on with the offensive line, but that and I know that his brother Jason Kelsey is on the offensive line for the Eagles. Wow.
0: That That's is a good solid take. And to that point, let me just piggyback on that. Um, Michael Orr's book is out. It was just released. And so might this be a publicity stunt? Do you get people talking Maybe. about him to buy his it's a good book? One. It's I'm a good stunt. Suggesting.
1: It's a great yeah. stunt, right? Yeah. It's a great stunt.
0: And he is going to make uh, probably uh, quite a, a pretty penny off of, of mm-hmm. this controversy because controversy sells books. All right. It totally well, does. Chris, that is a great segue to our courtroom quarterback segment.
1: And football's back, man. It's back. Yes, the Niners got hammered against the Raiders in a preseason game this week, but you know what? Football's back.
0: Who cares about
1: preseason? Is right. back. I mean, I watched
0: my Chiefs play their first preseason it. game. It
1: means, Patrick, yeah, it means nothing. Yeah.
0: Mahomes played one series and it was kind of a joke yeah. series at that.
1: It's not but it's it's back, Joel. It's back.
0: It is back. I am so happy. I'm so excited. In fact, Chris, that's what I want to end our podcast with is, is football is back and we got a season coming up here and I got a new Mm -hmm. TV. I got my elliptical machine in my bedroom with a big screen TV right in front of it. I can work out now while I'm watching all of my TV. I'm I'm going to be in the best shape of my life by the end of football season. But that being said, what storylines most intrigue you about the upcoming NFL season?
1: Um, first and foremost, the uh, odds makers. I, I mean, we're going to do this thing again where we teach kids not to gamble and then we're going to do really well gambling. Um, but the odds makers have the Kansas City Chiefs as a favor in every single game. All the Vegas odds makers say that the Chiefs are going to go undefeated. And I'm not doing this to stroke your ego. I know our listeners at home are like, oh, Chris, you're teeing up Joel because blah, blah, blah. No, it's legitimately weird that even when. The lines are like the Chiefs, Bengals, the Chiefs, Bills, right? The chief, like those, they're still favoring the Chiefs, and not by a little, not by like one or two points. And maybe that will change, right? Maybe that'll change during the season. But the Chiefs are coming into this season with the most stability of any team in the league because other teams' coaches got pilfered to be head coaches somewhere else. Players are moving around, the whole nine yards. Uh, major contracts have come in, so that's kind of taken the pressure off of some key players so it's it's interesting to see how the odds makers are already going you know chiefs 2024
0: will the chiefs go 17 and zero during the regular season Uh, No, 20 and zero for the regular the whole season chris i I, my response to that is i don't like it one bit i don't like the fact because a problem in sports is when you get a big head so my the storyline that most intrigues me, of course, since I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you know, shout out to my Chiefs, there you go, Always. Um, is that can Kansas City unquestionably become a dynasty? And the more talk out there that we're going to go undefeated is not good for the Chiefs because we're not going to go undefeated this year. And that could go to our head and make us fat and lazy, which is the biggest uh, hindrance to becoming a dynasty. Now, I think it's a. I, I wrote that as my best number one uh, storyline that most intrigues me for this upcoming year. Can Casey unquestionably become a dynasty? Because I think it's questionable right now. They already are a dynasty. I mean, over the last four years, they've had an incredible run with two Super Bowl uh, titles, three Super Bowl appearances, uh, five straight AFC Championship games at home. Yep that's nope. That that's the dynasty. stuff of dynasty right there.
1: Yeah, that's dynasty for sure.
0: And um, so what, what threatens a team from becoming a dynasty? Number one is complacency, and I believe the fact that we are favored and to be undefeated to win every single game plays into that complacency. That's going to get us a, bit, right. uh, a big head.
1: But I also All think Andy Reid's a smart enough coach to where he's not going to let that that run into it because you're going to lose, right? And you're going to lose to like the – the two and seven Colts one day yes, and it's going it, to slap Patrick Mahomes back into a, look, this is this. We got to get going. Right. right.
0: What I think and, Andy Reed is great at is, is the fact that he does know it's a 17 game regular season, but that, and even that doesn't even matter. It's the postseason. So I think he kind of like says, we got to be even killed. If not, maybe play down some of the earlier season games as a huge Chiefs fans. I, fan, I see it. I'll see a game plan against the, as you said, the, the two and three or the one and three Colts or whatever early in the season. We're going to play some loser team, and our game plan will be as vanilla as my vanilla waffle cone I get from Brahms. Uh, best waffle cone out there, by the way. Uh, it's bland. And well, Andy, is that the best game plan you can come up with for this game? Well, he's not playing the season to win that game. In fact, right. maybe somewhere in his heart of hearts, he Maybe doesn't even mind losing that game if it right. gets his team's attention, so they can work on things and be better mm-hmm. down the road. Uh, no, right. Would I like to? Go I want you to lose to the
1: Colts. I want to lose to the Colts, but I want to beat the Bills. Like,
0: yeah. let's go. How many times in recent years have we lost to the Bills during the regular season? I We've lost to Cincinnati during the regular season. Cincinnati mm-hmm. loves to promote. They are three and one against the Chiefs. That's right, three and one, and we won two Super Bowls during that time period. Yeah. So there you go. Right. All right. Who
1: won the last game? Thanks. Bye. Yes. That's so that about.
0: is my, that is my most intriguing storyline. Can Kansas City mm-hmm. unquestionably become a dynasty? Now, my second big storyline, which is kind of tied into that, do you think the Eagles will repeat?
1: No, not even a little bit. I think why is that? They've they've been pilfered, right? Their coaching staff's all gone. Um, Jalen's got his huge contract, so he's good. Um, Kelsey is, he was eyeing retirement after the super bowl. Um, I think he'll, I think he'll dig deep and he'll be a team leader, but I don't think you can have that type of, I, I guess this is twofold. I think that the Eagles will be in the NFC championship game without a doubt. Okay. I don't, I don't think think they'll go past that, but but that's something. NFC is so weak. The NFC is weak though, right? You're not a good point. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to dog too too hard on the NFC, but it's weak, right? Well, you got Baker Mayfield, you got the the revolving door of quarterbacks at the 49ers. You got, right? You got the Rams, which is a dumpster fire right now. Like the NFC is just weak, so I don't think it's going to be hard for the the Eagles to perform. I just don't think that they're there. Well, let's point out
0: how hard it is to repeat. Uh, being a Super Bowl contender, the Rams were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. The next year didn't even make the playoffs. The Tampa right. Bay won, won, the won the Super Bowl, Bowl. two years yeah. ago and didn't even uh, they made it to the first round the next year. But as a losing team, it is they difficult to maintain. Records. What's that
1: right? the 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 Tampa Bay Bucks had a losing record
0: yes. going
1: into the NFC playoffs. That's how bad the NFC is right now. It like is difficult. you can have right. It is just. Like it's hard to say that like the Eagles or the nine and and look, I want to be all day. Like the Niners are going to kill it this year. Yeah. Because they play of the 17 games. They play 11 NFC teams. So I expect the Niners to go 11 and six.
0: I do gotta correct myself tampa bay won the super bowl and then the next year they made it to the playoffs and lost in a classic game against the rams i think in the first round even and then in the Mm -hmm. next year is when they made the playoffs as a with a losing record but again my point is it's very hard to repeat At that highest level of even making the Super Bowl, why is it hard to repeat? Again, you get complacency, but also the league starts to pilfer your players and your staff. And this year, the Eagles lost both coordinators on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. And so it's going to be very difficult. Mm -hmm. But I think you make a very good point that they play in the NFC, which is an extremely weak league. All right, here's my next Uh, I think a very intriguing storyline for this upcoming season. And that is, let's watch the Indianapolis Colts. I I think there is a a change going on when it comes to the type of quarterback NFL teams want at their helm. On one hand, you want the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, the the pocket passer who goes back and doesn't get hit. And that way they can have a long, long career throwing the football patrick mahomes you can right. say is in that that regard because yes um yep. uh, he is good at scrambling but that's also means he doesn't get hit we don't drop running plays for patrick mahomes to get hit when he's scrambling is to avoid getting hit big critical difference but you are yeah. a, a a movement towards the running quarterback now what do i mean by a running quarterback someone who by design will take the ball under his arm and run into a linebacker with a full head of steam. Those quarterbacks, that situation, you don't live long in the NFL. And, and I, nope. you see this trend now of teams trying to go with the running quarterback. And the Colts this year just announced that their rookie, Anthony Richardson from Florida, is going to yep. be their starter. i don't like this. i want this trend to reverse itself because what this means is anthony richardson will have a very short nfl career but this will be a testing ground for that theory will can the colts win this year with a rookie quarterback anthony richardson
1: i don't know i remember cam newton i felt was like the ushering in of this running quarterback and i could be wrong but for me personally that's when i first started recognizing the running quarterbacks and his career has kind of you know floundered because of yes. because of what's happening. Um, you pay a price, you get hit yeah, all the do. time by well, linebacks. Running backs, running backs yes. have a five year shelf life, right? Unless exactly. you're you know, Reggie Bush or you know Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith or you know, but, but blah, even blah, blah, those blah. guys,
0: they were designed. Yeah, Emma Smith is a different person. Let's set him aside as being yeah. freak. Outside money. of Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders specialized in not getting hit. And so that, right. I think those kind of, like, like sweetness, uh, Walter Payton, oh, he Walter knew Payton. how yeah, to yeah, yeah. not
1: get hit. Yeah, avoid it all. But nowadays, we want that hit. You want to get rocked. We, as fans, we want to see that. We want to and, and it's, that it's hard,
0: hard to avoid the hit. I mean, because, again, these are oh, NFL yeah. players on the other side. Yep. And that's, and that's the problem right. I see. Um, I, I don't like that trend. And you mentioned um, uh, Superman, um, uh, Cam Newton, but also yeah. Colin Kaepernick. I was a huge yep. Colin Kaepernick fan when he was with San Francisco. And I noticed yep. when he was at the type of his game, thinking, no one can beat him. He is amazing. And then the right. next year happened. It's like, what happened to Kaepernick? He was not the same. And then. The 49ers started losing all yeah. their games. What happened? Here's what happened. He got tired of getting hit. was not the same quarterback right. uh, at the end of his career with the 49ers, and that's, yeah. I believe, the real reason why he uh, um, the 49ers ended up cutting him There's was he just doubt. wasn't that effective with the 49ers. Yeah. I, I, well, Anthony yeah. Richardson, by the way, last year had a 6-7 and seven record with Florida. Six and He couldn't even win in college. And now he's going to win in the NFL within one Let's year. He's not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL.
1: Let's do it. I'm here for this. I'm looking forward to that. I will we'll also that point out
0: fun. that I did an analysis. Not one running quarterback has ever won the super bowl so there you go whatever right. it's worth if there's a movement now towards the running quarterback because i think you can win during the regular season with it you just i don't think you can win for the long term and i'm not sure that's a recipe for success of winning in the super bowl all right last thing here before we leave for today's podcast okay. chris your boy the new york jets uh aaron oh, Rodgers, super bowl or bust this year how is that not a compelling storyline
1: because it's going to be a bust. It's the New York Jets. Like, it's there. Man, I'm going to probably eat these words, and you can go back and, sh- you know, Sean, make sure you save this clip, but they're going nowhere. Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets, they'll be electric early in the season, but they can't sustain that, right? It's, it's not like Tom Brady going down to Tampa Bay. You're not, co- you're not coming in with this, like, dynasty type thing. Aaron, like, I, I see what you're doing. I see how you're playing copy-paste with Tom Brady's career. But Tom Brady won Super Bowls, and you don't win anything.
0: I do find it interesting that the last several years with Green Bay, he couldn't even bother himself to show up at training camp on time because he was too good. He didn't need to practice. He didn't care about his teammates not getting the practice of receiving passes from their quarterback, but whatever. This year with the Jets – He decided it's worth his time now to show up during training camp. So, again, that's going to be a compelling storyline. We definitely will be watching that as the season goes. Hey, Chris, have a great week, uh, and we'll see you next week. See ya.